The following podcast is a Dear Media production. I'm Anisha Ramakrishna, and I'm an Indian entrepreneur and TV personality with big dick energy. You may know me from Bravo TV's Family Karma and, of course, social media. I grew up in a very conservative Indian family, but I have always forged my own path and live life on my own terms. I recently left my successful career in New York City and my long-term relationship to pursue my own fashion business. I'm single in my mid-30s and I live with my parents. I'm currently cringing and I know you are too. Join me as I spill the chai on my own cringeworthy personal life experiences every Thursday, anywhere you listen to podcasts. I'm not in the mood. Do we have to do this? Yes. Wait, are we recording? Okay, let's go. You're listening to The Ally Colbert Show. Hey guys, welcome back. (laughs) Hey guys. Hey guys, swipe up on my story for vitamins that will make your hair grow so long and thick and your nails will have never been better. I'm Allie Colbert and I'm the host of Look At Me, I Have a Filter on My Face. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Allie Colbert Show. I'm your host, Allie Colbert, stand-up comedian and supermodel. Um, Stand-up comedian and huge lesbian. I have a really fun, I have a really fun episode for you today. Wow, I'm on another planet. But before we start with this episode, Julian and I made the mistake of, wow, we've made a lot of mistakes this month. We fostered a dog that I was allergic to. And then we decided, you know what we should do? We should try a fasting mimicking diet for five days. The diet is called Prolon. And you have powdered soups, olives, drinks that taste weird, um, a nut bar and like a chocolate crispy thing for five days. It it, uh, creates the sensation that you're fasting, but you still have food. And what generally happens is on about day three of the diet, you decide to quit and you feel like shit the entire entire way through. So they say that if you do this diet, you feel really great after I'm starting to think you only feel great after because you're so depressed while you're doing the diet. It's so excruciatingly painful, boring and miserable that, of course, when it's over, you're flooded with euphoria that you can finally resume normal eating. Now, I'm not someone who needs to lose weight. That's just me being honest. I don't need to lose weight, even though my brain right now, I swear to God, my brain right now is going, who are you kidding? Yes, you do. I am not fasting to lose weight. What I did hear about the diet that I liked was that it takes down inflammation. And everyone who knows that I have ulcerative colitis, aka Crohn's disease, aka IVF, IBS, aka IVF, I'm out of it because I haven't eaten in seven days. Holla at your girl, eating powdered soup makes you go to the bathroom less. Yeah, probably because you're not eating. Anyway, I'm actually in remission and all of this doesn't really make sense. But regardless, 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 three days into the diet, I quit. And if I'm being honest with myself, I quit on day one because when I wasn't supposed to eat more, I did eat like a banana chocolate sort of bar situation. I was snacking on popcorn. I was snacking on pretzels. 
day four, so close to the end, I said, if I smell this soup, this soup smells like a hospice. And if I have to finish this diet, I will check myself into a hospice and just wait my days out. So I quit the diet. Julian continued the diet and she finished it today. But Julian has a certain resilience with things like this. Like she did that goat's milk cleanse where, and I'm saying it like you guys know it. There's no one has ever heard of it where you drink goat's milk for 10 days. Was it good for her? I have no idea. She says she felt great for like 12 minutes after the goat milk cleanse. All this to say, I want to move back to New York. Listen to what's happened to me. It's awful. We did go to Disney World last week. Disneyland, excuse me. Disneyland. Disneyland is in LA. Disney World is in Orlando. Um, There's some connection sort of syntax wise in my mind. I don't really know how to explain that. Disneyland though, I just want to say a few things about Disneyland and then we'll go into the episode. Disneyland, if you've been, the Cinderella's castle that is sort of the centerpiece of Disneyland looks like a cardboard cutout. Uh, Not enough people are talking about that. I find that to be very strange. Did I go as an adult after making fun of Disney adults consecutively on the podcast? Yes. Do I still make fun of Disney adults? Yes. Am I realizing that there's a small chance I am a Disney adult? Yes, except for the fact that we truly had, we had a time that was both enjoyable and also excruciating, similar to Prolon. I think we walked 27 miles all day long, waited in hour long lines for rides that are honestly like, I want rides that really like shake me up. Like I want to feel something. So throw me around. I I, I want to be worried that like, I want to need a doctor's note for the ride. Like that's how intense I want the rides to be. And you know, that's not the case at Disney. I don't even think that's the case at Universal. Like I like a roller coaster. I really want to be scared and I want the roller coaster to last longer than 90 seconds. I want like a seven minute fuck me up coaster. Is that a weird reflection of my mental health? Probably, probably. Okay. Because sitting in a little cart that kind of goes around in, in a fake little Peter Pan world, is it beautiful? Yeah. But I want my blood pressure to like skyrocket, drop, skyrocket, drop. I want to start having heart palpitations. This sounds like kind of, an unhealthy sort of vehicle for emotionally something that I'm not fulfilling in myself, but it's the happiest place on earth. So I can want what I want. And everyone walks around with type two diabetes, eating chicken legs, and then sort of downing those chicken legs, excuse me, turkey legs with cinnamon rolls. Everyone's in a wheelchair by choice. That's sort of how it feels. And you wait on these, these hot, intense, sticky lines for like 20 seconds of, you know, exposure to strobe lights. And then you kind of go on with your day. I do like, I think Space Mountain is the best ride at Disneyland. And, you know, that's kind of why it has that wonderful reputation of just being sort of the kingdom of the, of the, the prince of the palace. I did love seeing all the little kids sign up to get autographs from the characters I always think that's fun that like to them, like Minnie and Mickey and stuff are like, they're they're sort of A-list celebrities. Like Mickey is kind of a Hollywood, like old Hollywood, like he's an A-lister and wow, like all these six-year-olds suddenly feel that they have kind of access to these red carpets where like, uh, you know, Peter Pan's coming out and his bouncer's with him and yada, yada, yada. It's kind of adorable. Anyway, this episode, you guys... 
This episode of the podcast is so good. I have on Katie Thurston, a.k.a. The Bachelorette. Her season ended a minute ago. I think there was one. There's been one Bachelorette since. But I mean, she's America's sweetheart. And I have been watching The Bachelorette, The Bachelor. I wouldn't say consecutively, but I've watched many a season in, in my days. And I finally got to sit down with someone who's been through the rigmarole. Is it rigmarole? Rigmarole. Oh my God, I'm on another level of, of uh, ABC's enterprise here. And talk about what's really going on. And I asked her about things that surprised her about being a contestant on The Bachelor because she was a contestant on The Bachelor before she was the Bachelorette, as is the process of sort of being knighted and being crowned Bachelorette. We talk about making romantic connections on reality TV. Katie sent home her current boyfriend on week two, which is really funny. Jealousy on The Bachelorette and The Bachelor and kind of what that feels like. What actually happens in the fantasy suite? Katie talks about how when she left The Bachelorette engaged to Blake, she did not have his phone number because they don't have phones. And that was a really interesting story. We talk about dealing with fame. We talk about recent news that Greg and Blake were hanging out together to have, you know, Blake was the winner of her season and Greg was a front runner. And we talk about how contestants bring their own clothes. We talk about how Katie was told or was offered to be the bachelorette the night it was announced drinking on the show, um, men having a hard time saying, I love you, how she uh, reconnected with her now boyfriend, John. And my favorite part, Katie's sexy TikTok. Katie's sex toys from Amazon and exploring your sexuality and dare I say hooking up with women my favorite topic so listen and enjoy if you like the show share it on your Instagram your social media comment subscribe as usual and tell a friend you guys thank you so much for all the love you've been giving the show it means so much to me and this was a really fucking fun episode you're gonna love Katie she's she's dope all right Enjoy. I watched you on Matt James this season, and that's the season that I watched live with my girlfriend. And we were that was like our return to The Bachelor because we had taken like a moment from the show. Like I was into like Andy Dorfman and like Juan Pablo. Like those are like the OGs the that original, I yeah that like I grew up with. And you were our absolute favorite on Matt James this season. <laughs> you actually like totally were. We were like you're the relatable one. You're funny. You were kind of saying what I thought everyone was like thinking. Yeah. Um, and I remember on his season, which probably feels like a lifetime ago for you. Totally. <laughs> like there's so much that's happened. But there was like one girl, I forgot, she kept having like a meltdown and then he would like leave the group dates to like go like corral her back. Uh, maybe Sarah? M maybe. But <laughs> you would be like, this is like ridiculous. Like yeah. what is going on here? Anyway, I was not, was not surprised then that like people said, I think you came came in like, 10th on his season? 11th. 11th? Yeah. Okay, I bumped you up. But um, <laughs> <I'll take it. laughs> not surprised that you then like got the lead of um, The Bachelorette. And I'm curious when you went on to Matt James's season, because my thought is everyone's there for the attention and like the affection and let's say the love of the lead. Mm -hmm. But like, you don't know if you like him yet. 
Yeah. And actually, when I was picked for Matt's season, what I liked about it was he wasn't a previous contestant. So yeah. you really did go in totally neutral. Mm-hmm. And there's two sides of that. Like you want people who are there for that lead. But I wanted to be there to get to know him like organically and not based on how he was, you know, last season or like what the internet says. Right. So we were kind of blessed with this opportunity to like have this clean slate with Matt, who only people knew as Tyler Cameron's best friend. Yeah. And then what is the biggest surprise for you about being a contestant on The Bachelor where you're like, I thought I knew what I was in for, but I had no, like, what is something that happened that you're like, I didn't even expect that? (laughs) I always laugh at the fact that I thought I had a really good connection with Matt. Like in the real world, we'd probably be very on pace for our connection and the time, the very little time we spent together. And so I like, I was like, oh yeah, we're we're doing good. Like I'm fine. (laughs) Um, Even for my one-on-one date, I didn't even pack my room because I was like, our connection is so strong. There's no way. Were you sent home on a one-on-one? I was, yeah. And so I was so, in the moment, blindsided, devastated, crying in my room, watching Twilight and drinking champagne, like just feeling sorry for myself. Yeah. But now having gone through it, not only on Matt's season, but my own, I'm like, Katie, you had no chance (laughs) with Matt. Real? Oh, and why is that? Because you spent less time with him than was needed or? You have to make a connection and a strong one very fast. And so the connection that I had with Matt, while there was like a slight, you know, flirtation or or spark maybe, um, was nowhere near what it needed to be at that moment in our, you know, Dare I say journey? <laughs> Dare I say journey? <laughs> so, okay. So you see that now having been the bachelorette that like you have to get in there fast mm-hmm. and serious. Yes. What is it? So what is that? Just opening up more quickly? You know, it's it's like a, a double-edged sword a little bit because John, who's now my boyfriend, I sent him home week two. And the thing with him is he was actually a, a top person for me. You know, you kind of guide like who's your type and the personality. And I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, I'm interested. But also you have to make quick decisions. And so when I got to talk to him on the show, he was so structured and it felt like a job interview and like that like spark I was hoping for just wasn't there. Wow. Which also meant he then quickly was eliminated because you got to get these guys out. <laughs> There's like 30 of them. I know because in the the first few rounds, it's like I feel like everyone's eliminating like 72 people. It's <laughs> yeah. like at a certain point, I feel like it's like eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Like I don't fucking know. I didn't speak to him. Throw away Ken. Throw away Brian. I have no idea. Like, but it just goes to show you because you're he's your boyfriend now. Yeah. That it's like that's the type of like level of like we don't really get to meet all of you. Like you're dating him now. Yeah. And that's the hard part that people maybe don't understand is like you can develop very strong feelings in this environment, but that's exactly what it is. It's a like closed off kind of like test bubble in a way. And not until you go into the real world, you get to see how that relationship works out. And so unfortunately, Blake and I did not work out once we were in the real world together. Yeah. But John, who was one of my good friends after the show, we had this foundation of a friendship and who we were in San Diego and who we were as people without, you know, cameras and, and producers and other guys all trying to date the same girl. Uh, yeah. I mean, what are your thoughts on like jealousy during like as a contestant and when you're leading the show? Because I know I I would be going apeshit. Like if I'm fight, first of all, the idea of being with like 50 women fighting for the same person, that's more of a nightmare than being the lead. <laughs> like that's that's absolute hell. Yeah. All these women are like menstruating and like blacked out. Yeah. Fighting for a guy. <laughs> that they like barely know. Are you kidding me? Yeah, it's a uh, 
it's an interesting environment. Like you, you think you know what to expect and then you're in it and you're just trying to basically survive. Yeah. And it's hard because you want to do what's right. But like these are such unique situations that you don't have experience in yeah, navigating what's, that. What's right when you're all trying to like get fingered by the same guy. <laughs> exactly. Like, there's no <laughs> right or wrong. Like, yeah. And I also feel like people are like, like the bachelor to me, it's like the bachelorette. I'm like, I'm, I'm down for this. The Bachelor, they're not going to let me say this. The Bachelor, it's like, yeah, no shit a dude wants to date 30 women at once. <laughs> I mean, they'll let you say it. I mean, it's true. Like, you you go on to it and you, it's like ultimate speed dating. You know, these, right. these men and women who are the leads are there to hopefully get engaged, fall in love. And this is like the ultimate way of doing that in like, you know, four to eight weeks. <laughs> right, right. I mean, it's not, do we think it's really a surprise that like, all the bachelors love to bring all the women to the fantasy suites. And then the women like you, you're like, this is one thing I loved about your season that when you're like, I'm not feeling it, you're just like, and I'm sorry, like the journey's going to end here. And I, I did feel sad. Like when you kept, <laughs> like you kept having to break up with people towards the end, but it's like, I couldn't fake that. Yeah. I can't fake stay in, stay in it. These people's hearts are like, you really are like, whoa, these people are like super in it. And I don't even know how that's happening when they're all, rooming with people that also if someone liked my girlfriend and I was like roommates with them like what are you seeing them like fight about this like you know I don't know how they handle it obviously because like they're in the house together yeah but I will say from my own experience a lot of people were pretty private about their connection you know everyone's kind of subtle like yeah we're good you know but they don't really go into detail you don't want to overplay it exactly and so I think everyone's just doing the best they can and just kind of like yeah, it was, it was a fun date, you know? It's like the cocky people who are like, yeah, we were making out and like, you know, overcompensating maybe right. for the maybe lack of connection, but. but. So no one is going to you like, did you kiss him? Did you this? Did you that? Because that's the first thing I would do. Yeah. And I, and I kind of think some girls would think that was hot if one guy was like being possessive over you. I will say no one actually was like very blunt with, you know, my other connections. Yeah. I will say the hardest part though was the hometowns because the families are the most blunt about your other connections. Oh, hello, Aunt Lindsay. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Yeah. And so <laughs> some of the like families would be like, you know, like where does my son stand? And it's, yeah. it's awkward because you're not even totally sure where they stand yet. You know, for me, I truly was hoping for three overnights. I mm-hmm. ended up getting one. Yeah. Um, and not for the the sexual part, but just because it's uninterrupted time. And who knows how things could have changed in terms of having eight hours of just conversation and no pressure. And it's, it's you're private. It's just you and him. Yeah. The fantasy suite to me is like, is that the first time the cameras are off when you're with that person? Yeah. It's the first time it's at the very end. And so you're really testing out your connection. I mean, are you like, I'm imagining me after dating someone for how long is it filming? Um, It depends because I was in a COVID season, but yeah, it's like four to eight weeks. Okay, to four total. to eight weeks. You're you're hooking up with this guy. I like you. You like me. I, I love you. I'm falling in love with you. They love to say I'm falling in love with you. Then you're like, the cameras are off. I'd be like, okay, hi. Like, what's going on? <laughs> like, I would be like, so who are you? Like... <laughs> Is everything you're saying there, like, is there a bit of like, oh my God, like we need to catch up? I will say for me, it was almost um, a little bit of like discomfort in some way. Yeah. I was like, let's have a glass of wine. Like, let's just like ease into this. I think people think like the cameras go off and then you start like fucking each other. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, no you're, you're still kind of like, like, what's your middle name? Can I get your honestly, phone number? Blake and I didn't have our phone numbers when we left the show because when you go home, like that's when you get your phone. And so I messaged him on Instagram. Like, hey, you're my fiance. <laughs> like, hey. <laughs> 
he was locked out of his Instagram because he had been offline for like six weeks. So he forgot his password or whatever. And so I didn't know. Okay, who logs out of Instagram? Well, I think there's a level of like, you don't want to be hacked. You just want everything like locked off. And I I don't know. But it it screwed him over for like a 24 hour period. I'm like, okay, wait, does he actually love me? Like, why why don't I hear from him? Right. But yeah, like we literally didn't even have our phone numbers. Wait, so you you leave engaged. You're going back to Seattle at that point? At that point, yes. And he's going back to Canada? Yes. And you don't have his phone number? Correct. And you DM him. <laughs> Hi, fiance. Yeah. Can I get your number? No, I literally... <laughs> it, so this is how like this. fresh the relationship is that I was so even insecure in messaging that, that it, and then I didn't hear from him that I was like, okay, maybe I'm like too eager. And so I like unsent it. And then I would like resend. Like it, it's... Oh my God. That's the thing people don't understand is like, it is such a fresh relationship that you're just like, am I too needy? Does he know? Like, why isn't he texting me? Does he have my phone number? Does he not? Like, it's it's bizarre. It's that so bizarre. That is so bizarre to think about. It's it's a unique experience no one can really relate to. Yeah. And it's like this just like container of things are something in there. And then when you're out in there, like I do this in, in my real life. I will um, date someone and I'll fall in love with them before I get to know them. That's like my number one thing. Like the <laughs> chemicals in my brain go off and yeah. I'm like, I totally love you. And then I get to know them and I'm like, oh my God, you're a bitch. Yeah. And, <laughs> but like your brain chemistry is like, I'm in love with you. Yeah. And my biggest fear about going on a show like this as if like they're like hounding me down. Where's the lesbian bachelorette? People want it. Just saying. Okay. I'm like desperate for that. They had one in Australia. She was bi. She was bi? Yeah. And so she had girls and guys. Ugh, I, that sounds so great. Yeah. That sounds amazing. Anyway, I... <laughs> I would be like, oh shit, like I'm in love with them. And then like you like go out to a restaurant, you like see what they like eat for the first time. Like you see what, me- like, I don't know. There's just so much that like, even when you're in that space and you're hanging out all the time, it's like, you don't know how they are in the real world. Like how they're, how they are texting. Yeah. Like that's a huge thing. Like text me back. Yeah. Well, and you have to carry a long distance relationship in the beginning because you cannot be seen with each other. So we got engaged. I want to say it was April. But then the finale wasn't until August. So for months, we are in hiding, maybe seeing each other two to three days at a time every six-ish weeks, and then trying to carry this long-distance relationship. That's impossible. It it takes a lot of effort on both parties, for sure. That is like being in witness protection program. Yeah. It's it's brutal. And then when, when we are like at an Airbnb, we can't leave. So what do you do in a house? So you, you're trapped you in there. Eat, sleep, fuck, repeat. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, like there's really not a lot you get to do in this house. Yeah. And then, so, I mean, you and Blake are not together still. Yes. Everyone's like, why, why, why? You're like, it's just we weren't compatible. Yeah. Or you, you got like, what are, is there anything else to say on that other than <sighs> just like, are you guys fighting like crazy? I would be fighting like crazy. Well, so the thing that people don't realize is, again, we were engaged very early on. So we were together for six months. Yeah. So in six months, we are getting to know each other. We are seeing if our lives match up. Um, like I had mentioned earlier before we recorded, I got an apartment that I thought he was moving into right. that was kind of put on the back burner, which then caused more friction. Yeah. And ultimately, it just, it just did not work. And that's something that he would agree to. That's something I've I've said uh, often. Um, and it really was a mutual split. You know, when the conversation happened, it wasn't like, well, should we try therapy? Should we wait longer? Or like, should we live it? Like, there was no like solution being offered by either of us, which yeah. just showed that we were both just ready to accept that we were unhappy and and call it quits. Right. There's like, I've been in relationships where it's like, there's no wrongdoing. It's just like, this isn't a match. Yeah. 
And like people can't wrap their head around that. They're like, who cheated? Who hit someone? I'm like, nothing. It's nothing happened. Like you just two people are not perfect sometimes. Yeah. And that's the other thing that I think some people can totally relate to this and maybe others can't. I don't know about you, but I kind of am the person who gets over the relationship while I'm in it. Oh, of course. I'm like, I have no more tears to cry. I have no more effort to give, no more conversations to have. Like I'm like done. And so when it's over, like I've essentially healed. Like I've gone through the whole cycle. I am the exact same way. Yeah. I will grieve a relationship during the relationship. So I'm like a mess crying, like figuring it all out during the thing. Mm -hmm. And then one week later, I'll be in a relationship and everyone's like, how'd you do that? I'm like, I did it the smart way. I mean, kind of, right? (laughs) You know, it's like, I can't cry anymore. Like, I guess I'm officially over it. So therefore, like, I guess we're done, you know? I mean, how much time are you going to spend? I mean, yeah, I, I feel that. It's like, if you're going through it and you're able to like work those emotions out during the relationship. Also, you became probably such a pro at just being like, look, this isn't a match. I feel like you have to get so clear on things. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I love to be confused. Like if someone <laughs> isn't good for me, I'm like, okay, I guess I'll like be in relationship with them for another three years to make sure. Yeah. But it's like, there's no point. Like, and also you're just coming out of this show. Are you like on a high right now? Are you feeling like I'm kind of like, I'm pretty famous. Like I can do whatever <laughs> I want. Like, is there any of that going on for you? No, if anything, I feel like the opposite. I feel more introverted than I used to be mm. um, because you're just constantly being watched in a positive and a negative way. Yeah. So you're kind of always hesitant a little bit of like, don't get too drunk in public. Don't say the wrong thing on your stories. Don't like this wrong post, like whatever it is. Right. I will say I'm, I feel finally like I'm coming out of it and becoming more myself again. Again, yeah, because it it is a roller coaster, like from start to finish, and it's it's a lot. It's heavy. Yeah, and so you're kind of are you you're still friends with people though in this world? Yeah, I mean you can't help it. You know, it's it's such a um, I don't want to say cult, but like yeah, brotherhood, sisterhood. Like we all have gone through something that not many people understand, and so you bond naturally just on that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> We've all been traumatized. <laughs> Trauma bond? No. Um, no, but it, it's it's nice. You know, you get to meet a lot of people um, who've been on different seasons. And so, yeah, I have a good relationship with people from my seasons, other seasons, um, because it is such a unique thing that yeah. kind of gets the conversation going initially. Yeah. Um, people want to know. They want to know what you think about Blake and Greg hanging out. Oh, my God. You know, I saw this morning he had a caption that was like, and I don't follow well, him. Who's so, he? Sorry, Blake. Blake had a caption. Yeah. I don't follow Blake. I only follow Katie. <laughs> sorry, guys. No, someone sent it to me. And it was like, you think we're drinking beer, but we're really drinking tea or something. And I was like, what does that mean? Like they're spilling tea. Like, I don't know. They're bonding over. I'm sorry. If you're a guy being petty on social media. Look, I will. I'll give. Look, him- I'm not into it. <laughs> Katie can say she's fine with it, but I think it's like. Silly. I'll give him this. We we broke up on very mutual, respectful terms. We were talking. The second I started dating John, we stopped talking. Of and course. I don't blame him for feeling some kind of way about me moving on so quickly. We were engaged and I've moved on. And yeah. that he's entitled to his feelings. Let him feel it. Um, if all those guys want to hang out, like do it. Like that's what happens. If you guys want to hang out and like cry about me. <laughs> No, I I will say like, truthfully, like they are both fine. Like Greg's fine. Blake's fine. Like yeah. they are not crying over me. Like they're having their bromance. Like have their bromance. Yeah. I support it. How mature. Um, no, I get that. I get that. It just occurred to me. I meant to ask when you're a contestant, is it true that you have to bring your own clothes? Um, yeah. When you're a contestant, you're in charge of everything. Hair, makeup, clothing. How is that possible? Do you um, buy 500 dresses on Amazon and just head to New Mexico? I mean, it depends who you are. I was smart in that I borrowed clothes. I I bought used clothes. Like, I was not about to drop money on this 
experience. Oh, God, I bet like, you some girls go crazy. Well, yeah, like you could go home night one. So why would you spend so much money? But there's been right. people on record who've mentioned like taking out like a second on their mortgage just to like fund their outfits. And I'm like, no, thank you. <laughs> and then you get styled as the bachelorette. Yes. That's yes. fun. Yeah, that's really fun. And the boys, though, are bringing their own clothes, but obviously they have it so much easier. What do you Yeah, mean? you like, got like a suits. suit and like just 10 ties. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how it works with the guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> much easier. Did you have a crush on one of the bachelors before going on the show? Because I know you watched the shows growing up. Yeah. I think, right? I did, yeah. My first crush was Ben Higgins. Oh, yeah, of course. But at the time of having that crush, he was like engaged. I mean, now he's even married, but like that right. was that was kind of the guy that made me go like, oh, that's a good one. Like maybe I'd like to go on it sometime. And yeah, um, yeah. so he was probably my, my first. I can't think if there's anyone else, but Ben definitely like instant. Yeah, Ben was hot. Sweet. Is there anyone else that I all I remember is Juan Pablo being so ridiculous. I couldn't believe that was like allowed on air. Yeah, I don't I remember watching his season but not being fully invested. Oh my God. It's so good. You're probably never gonna watch it again. It was yeah, I, I could never honestly even now I don't think I could really watch the show the same having gone through it. Cause you just like you know too much, you've experienced <laughs> you too know much. Too much. Even the dates feel very similar. And you're like, oh, I remember my date. <laughs> oh yeah. And wait, you watched back with Blake, right? Um, kind of. So sometimes I would get the episode and we wouldn't be together. So like sometimes I would watch it first because I didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah, and then I'd be like, you're like, listen, skip five, mi five minutes in. I'm going to ask you to skip to 10 minutes in. Well, I was always just very honest. I'm like, look, this is a very um, passionate date with Greg. Or like I said a lot of things about Michael, you know, like just to give him a heads up because it is very hard to have to watch it back. Not only from my perspective of like having feelings and not only recovering from those feelings, but then having to relive it again. I'm like, I just got over this, <laughs> you know? But then him being my fiance, having to watch it as well. Like yeah. it's, it's a very awkward thing that I wish upon nobody. Yeah. But the one thing is I only had one fantasy suite. Yeah. I can't imagine what those conversations are like if I had had three. Like how do, how do those couples experience that? And like, how do you go third? I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I didn't get to experience that or like know what that's like, but. Yeah. By day three, I would be like, I don't know if I can go. I mean, in here I again. was fully like, again, not knowing who was leaving, who was sending home. I, I remember being fully prepared to just say no. You know, like, I don't want to have sex. <laughs> you right. Know? right. But um, you are still like in this space for uninterrupted time. And you're just like, what if it goes wrong? You know, I know. Yeah, that's definitely like scary and freaky. And I don't know. It's just it's a whole thing. Yeah, you're lucky. You only, I mean, you're not lucky. You chose to only have. Well, people would argue uh, otherwise since two guys, you know, sent themselves home. No, but <laughs> I, I thought that like, I don't, did Greg really choose to send himself home? I feel like he was like, just, you know, when I look back on that, I was like, he was playing a game. It's such a like, that was a game. I'll say this. It's an exhausting topic. <laughs> so I probably won't even say much more about it. Yeah. Because um, I've since, you know, moved on from it. But. Yeah, she's over it. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I watched it this weekend. So I'm in it. She's, she's, new, she's in care. the new heat of all the emotions. I, I'm still feeling it. But yeah, there's truly nothing to say about Greg. So like, that was like a year ago for me at this point. Yeah, yeah. It's over. Who really cares? Um, <laughs> and then what was it um, becoming? Like, did you get a call to become The Bachelorette after your... Are you applying to be the bachelorette after you're a contestant? What is that process? No. So I um, I don't know, like, again, how much I can totally disclose, but I think yeah. a bunch of people are probably considered initially. Mm -hmm. And then I 
I want to believe that they listen to the viewers, you know, and who, who are fan favorites. I mean, you think that, but then also like I was 11th place. I will say I, I feel almost like undeserving sometimes because there were so many great women who experienced a true heartache on, you know, Matt's season. And, yeah. and we were like the most diverse cast. And that was a very controversial thing, you know, but we did get to have Michelle as well, which was great. But yeah, I don't totally know what goes in it. We don't apply. We're, we're asked to be on You're it. Tapped. Yeah. <laughs> but um, also I think they want to know like, who fan favorites are like mm-hmm. what what do people want to see and so do you get a call yeah I, I remember getting the call um, where are you when you get the call uh officially this it was like the same day I was being announced which is wild because you're just sitting there like anything can change at any minute truth the truthfully. same day you're announced yeah and they're do they say do you want to do this yeah and and did you have any doubts um Yes, I had to like, you know, you read the contract and you're just kind of like, is this really for me? And like, what's it going to be like? Because there was a lot of, you know, stuff happening in the moment of, of being picked. But of course, it's also one of those once in a lifetime opportunities that you feel like you'd probably regret yeah. if you said no. Right. Why would you? Yeah. How, how do you say no to that? I mean, I don't know who has <laughs> before, yeah. to be honest, right. you know, because it, you have silence. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, but you have this great opportunity to meet so many people. And and I'm, I do feel so fortunate despite you know the outcome of my season. Um, I have met so many people through that and have this great platform now to, you know, spread good and positivity. And mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that when you were announced, wasn't that the after the final rose for Matt? Yeah. Because I remember they were like, we have two. And I was like, what? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's wild. And that tape in L.A.? Um, it does. Yeah. OK, so watching back, the going back to watching back the dates, that sounds like a nightmare. Yes. Is the, Are there fights that come up from watching back? Like, are you re like hashing into this stuff? Um, are you trying to like for my own season? Yeah, like I, I, if I was watching my girlfriend go on dates and see her, I would. I mean, I'm, I'm not emotionally healthy. Yeah, but I would be like, we love self awareness. Yeah, <laughs> I'd be like, you said that. We just, we just said you just said you were like, is that coming up? Or are you guys like mature? You're past that. You're like, this is you know you're in this. Like, yeah, I will say I felt very fortunate that. Um, Blake was very level-headed. He'd gone through it before, so he kind of he gets it. He understands. Yeah, and we we're just open and honest and direct about everything. Yeah, um, I will say, um, knowing some other bachelorette's experiences, it's not always that easy. And, right. and there are fights that come up because they see things that you said to someone else. Or again, right. the fantasy suites I think is probably the biggest one to have to overcome with your significant other. Right. Yeah, that has to be like really hard. Are you able to not drink on this show? Because I'm not a big drinker. And when I watch this, I'm like, I don't think I could throw down like <laughs> the amount of drinking like champagne in the hot tub, champagne on the horse, champagne at the cocktail party. We're drinking. We're drinking. Are you hung over this entire time? No, it's actually the opposite. So, yes, you can drink, but also because it is late night, mm-hmm. you're filming. So you want to look decent. You have an early morning the next day. Like people think, oh, you can just like drink all you want. I'm like, but you don't want to. You right. know, I was drinking like a Red Bulls and, and coffee and just trying to stay awake. Um, because some of these nights are very, very late into the morning. The like the dates or the rose ceremonies, everything, or? everything. Like there's there's episodes where I will, I will watch back and you can just tell I'm like I know I'm so tired in that moment. Really? Because I know myself best, obviously. Yeah. And so, like my eyes are like no, oh. I know you best. <laughs> well, other people might not notice, but I'm totally picking it up. I'm like I am so tired in that shot. Like I am ready to just go to bed. Right. And then do you just and then you crash and what do you have? Like how long do you get to sleep? I, it really depends, but not like it's it's constant. It really feels constant. I remember um, bringing a journal, thinking I would be like writing every day. No time. I brought workout stuff, thought I'd work out every day. No, I wrote, I think on the first night, didn't even finish writing because I was so tired, but I wanted it to be like fresh in my thoughts. Yeah. Couldn't journal the rest of the time there. <laughs> and you don't have your phone? No phone. 
So are you are you sanctioned phone calls or is this worse than prison? Uh, no phone calls. I, I think um, I was able Can to. Can I get a call? <laughs> well, I think I was able to tell my producer a few times to like tell my mom I say hi, you know, because my mom yeah. was so worried about the whole Your situation. Your mom seemed like a sweetie. She's so sweet. I, when I got the call to be on Matt season, I remember her thinking it was fake. Yeah. <laughs> First of all, she's like, why would they want you? <laughs> like, Thank Screw you. Screw you, mother. <laughs> um, but she's like, is this real? Like, are you sure they're not trying to like kidnap you? I was like, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. And so I was able to have my producer send her the occasional like, I love you. Thinking of you. And oh, then but, my cat. But you don't get to talk on the phone. No, 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 no email. Phone, no letter. No nope. snail mail. Nothing. Tell the producer to tell her. Yeah. And so that's like eight weeks. Yeah. Damn. And so is the first time you then see her when they're meeting your parents? Yes. On camera. Like the, the moment you see me like see her is like the true like first time I'm seeing her. And you're with the dude. Yeah. Do you get privacy with her at all at any point? No. No privacy with her at any point without the cameras to be like, I don't really like this one. Nope. I mean, they're there to make a show. And that's the thing. Like, everything is being recorded. And if there's not a camera, then, like, there's no conversation. <laughs> oh, and then are you in your suite? You're not recorded. Um, in my suite, I was recorded. Yeah. Like, I had a in public spaces, like the living room, living space. Yeah. Um, they have cameras. But they're obvious. So they're not, like, privately yeah. filming you. But I'm essentially recorded 24-7. Whoa. And then when the guys come a-knocking. Yes. This is something we love to do on The Bachelorette. We love to knock on Katie's door and take her by surprise. Yes. That is truly, you don't know that they're coming. Don't know they're coming. Don't know who's coming or why. Like, they don't prep you of like, just a heads up, you're probably about to get dumped. You know, like, you, you don't know. And you're all just like, looking cute, just waiting. And, and then there's a thing, they do a lot of B-roll. So sometimes you think you're just doing B-roll where you're just like, you don't expect to knock at all. You're just sitting there like thinking, you know, <laughs> what's today going to be like? I'm so excited. And yeah. then all of a sudden someone knocks. Could be Taisha and Caitlin. Could, you never know. And right. that was like the worst. It's like you open it and you're like happy and then you're like about to get dumped. And you're like, cool. I was excited to see you, but um, now I'm bawling my eyes out. <laughs> I, right. I like when they come though to like reassure you in the middle of the night yeah that was always like fun for me to watch yeah or like the uh they're just like doing like some like hot macho thing of just like i've been th i couldn't get enough of you today yeah that i mean those those seem like fun moments on the show i mean there's definitely good ones there's good knocks and bad knocks yeah there's good <laughs> knocks and bad knocks and like you just kind of know yeah so your boyfriend now john yes sent home week two yes do you guys joke about that now it's brought up all the time. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna send you home. Like what are the, what are the um, jokes? I think the biggest one is like people ask like how he met, and then yeah, because they don't even realize he was on the show. Like his time was so short, people right. don't even realize. And they'll be like, oh, he was a week two guy, you know, or like he a was lot a of week two guy. A lot of the friends that he's with now, um, were from my season, were like week one, week two guys. So mm -hmm. like we're all together hanging out. They'll be like, yeah, us week two guys, like we're cool, you know. Like they like own it a little bit. That's cute. So I like that. Yeah. Um, and you know what I noticed is, and I've noticed this on a bunch of seasons, is that the boys, I'm calling them boys, but the boys kind of compare The Bachelorette to their mom, like an alarming amount. I don't think I've picked up on that, but that's interesting. They're like, <laughs> <laughs> like, and I think I would imagine there's some power dynamic where you have the control of whether or not they stay. So whether or not they even realize it's like, it's kind of like this teacher student thing where like, you're also like letting them know like it's okay like this is how it is you've done this before right yeah they're new to this but which one of them was like always comparing you to their mom and I was like why do boys always like the guys on the bachelorette always comparing the bachelor bachelorette to their mom and they all are like it's so hard to say I love you they all say that over and over and it's like <laughs> get therapy <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think there is a science behind men 
being subconsciously attracted to people that remind them of their mother. It's like a comfort thing, I guess. No, it totally is. And it's like, who said one of them was whispering to you? Oh, it's probably Mikey. Um, he was with the cuddle thing. The cuddle yes, thing. which was He's the like, most bizarre like date. <laughs> okay, listen though. I, I will defend Mikey to the death. Like, yeah, defend him. So knowing him, you know, whatever I got to experience, you guys obviously don't get to see all of it. Yeah. That moment is mm-hmm. such a lighthearted moment between him and I. And mm-hmm. we were so like hyper on this date because we were so like uncomfortable. Like mm-hmm. we were just like giggling because it's like, we're in the middle of a forest, yeah, cuddling that- on a on a mattress with a coach, a cuddle coach, you know? Yeah. That guru um, was like, they're laughing because they're awkward right now. <laughs> and then you go, I'm like, yeah, no shit, they're awkward right now. This is awkward. Yeah. So there was actually very, a sweet conversation that followed the whole like, you know, remind me of my mom thing. And I, you know, I do feel for Mikey and watching it the way that it was shown of just being a little like maybe creepy to some people. I'm like, I promise. I know what you guys saw, but like, I promise it was not. And it was like no, a very to- genuine moment. Totally not. <laughs> I actually don't think it's creepy. I just think it's interesting to to like notice because of the power dynamic. And I always feel like the the guys and maybe I'm just projecting, but like the <laughs> validation from the woman would be so like it would be like doubly important knowing that like when they give you validation it's like this like power dynamic and they're like the host of the show I don't know why I'm just I'm imagining some like bachelorette <laughs> porn it's it's my it's my fault there's nothing creepy with the show I'm definitely going off a wrong. you're like I'm just having a moment yeah I'm just having my own kind of thing I'm like is this like kind of like mommy stepson porn you're like no Allie please stop <laughs> not where I was going not God, where she but, was going you know to each their own to each their own um and the morning after uh, the fantasy suite when the producers rush in. Yes. Hated it. What's that about? It's so awkward because everyone knows you fucked. Right. <laughs> and so you're like in bed having to film these cute little moments of like breakfast in bed. But you're just like you develop a really good relationship with these like crew members. Like they, they're they like brothers or, or dads. And so, like it's family almost at this point. Right. We've been together this whole time. Right. And then like I just remember one of the guys I could not make eye contact with because like I viewed him like a dad. And I was like, I feel so weird right now (laughs) oh my god yeah Yeah. he's probably been on the show for a long time oh yeah he's he's unfazed by it I'm sure but like me I'm just like trying to like sink into the like bed and they're like can you sit up and I'm like okay let's just get through this (laughs) and you do you have a moment are you having a moment with Blake then when you're like I mean okay they're gonna come in but like yeah like uh you're you're the number one and uh you know I think are we gonna get engaged like is that what's happening are you like debriefing before the cameras you're just waking up you know we that's so funny because I don't think we ever actually talked about an engagement because Mm -hmm. I I don't want to put him on the spot like I don't know you want it to be like organic a little bit I guess in the sense of like I don't know maybe it's different but in the real world when you get proposed to it is kind of like a surprise you know yeah but also you want to have built this foundation that we didn't really have so there was just not a lot of time to be like it's about getting engaged you know so I truly didn't know I knew I knew at that moment no matter what happened I was gonna leave with him whether it was like as boyfriend girlfriend or engaged um but which is probably why I didn't care to really ask if he was gonna propose or not right were you surprised I think I was because in the speech and you can kind of see it on my face um it sounded like he said at one point he goes I can't give you what you came here I for. I know, and I'm looking at your face. And I just remember being like, well, great. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I, which, I mean, it's just so a you lot. You would have been cool with that. Well, no, it's hard to say. I, I want to believe that I would have been, but there could have also been just this, like, not resentment, but you go through this whole thing. So much drama, so much heartbreak. This, you're gone for, like, eight weeks to get a boyfriend, you know? <laughs> but, right. But yeah. also, like, 
what am, who am I to speak anyway? Like, we're not even together now. So. Well, well, I mean, yeah. I, I, but it, it seems like a lot of the contestants, they end on the engagement and the engagement because they space it out between engagement and marriage. Like, it's kind of, I mean, I feel like I understand it as like the time to like see if your relationship has like wheels in the real world. Mm-hmm. You know, when you watched back your Aunt Lindsay talking to Blake, what did you feel? I... I don't even know <laughs> because like in in some ways, like she is like that in person. Like she's very direct. She doesn't like to hug. You said that before. Yeah. Um, but I do know that I felt kind of bad for her because then like all these memes start coming out and like <laughs> all this like online trolling about her that she's not used to or familiar with or even technically signed up for. You yeah. know, she doesn't know. She wants to be able to support me. But also like knowing my family's personality, mm-hmm. if, if you couldn't handle it, this like heightened version of her, then you wouldn't probably fit in. And so Blake handled it very well in those moments. But we still kind of joke with my aunt about it and send her like the occasional meme. (laughs) But you weren't like, oh, like, because the way it played out on the show, it looked like he was thrown because of how intense she was being to him. Oh my God. I mean, no, no. whatever. (laughs) Who cares, right? It doesn't even matter anymore. Yeah, you're like, you guys are even together. Yeah, whatever. What's the point? But my aunt was right, apparently. Yeah, your aunt was right. Yeah, yeah, your Aunt Lindsay was right. (laughs) Okay, and now you're with John. Yes. And what is that like first date like? And when does that happen? And oh my tell gosh. the tell the story about him seeing the rose in the water. Oh yeah, yeah. So so the thing about John and I, the shortest version is mm-hmm. there was a very short period of time where somehow the internet truly believed he was the final one. Which it, that alone, given how everything has worked out, Wait, is crazy. During the show? So before the show airs, there's a lot of like super fans who are trying to figure out the ending and spoiler sites and there's like threads and gossip and so he was predicted to be top four, maybe the final one. Whoa. And so it was funny because I knew he went home, you know, week two. Um, I loved that my season wasn't spoiled. So like equally, John and I are kind of trolling the internet a little bit. At the time he's doing it, I'm thinking like, you're such a clout chaser, like honing into your freaking moment of fame, <laughs> you know, like own it, but whatever. But yeah. we, we never spoke at that time. Yeah. And so I had planned a trip to San Diego, which is how I ended up choosing San Diego um, mm-hmm. back, I think in May, like a fun, like rewarding trip. I, I got a big Airbnb, Airbnb. I was like, whoever wants to come, come, you know, it was such a good time. Well, unbeknownst to me, while I'm at this Airbnb, which is very close to the water in La Jolla, mm-hmm. literally in the same moment, John is out surfing. And I know nothing about John. I don't even know where he lives. Like, I didn't even know he was in San Diego at this time. And he's telling me how he's like sitting on his board waiting for the next wave. And this rose floats by. Mm-hmm. And he said it was like the most random thing because it's the ocean. Like, where's this rose coming from? How did it make it out here? And so when he had told me the story, because eventually we, we did become friends, um, I remember thinking like, cool story, bro. Right. Like, right. whatever. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> not thinking anything of it. Well, fast forward months later that he's now my boyfriend, that story just has like such a bigger impact in like my heart and my mind where I'm like, holy shit, like, was this like a sign from the universe? I'm a big like energy universe type girl. Mm-hmm. So like, to me, it was like this like sign that we didn't know what, like what it meant at the time. And now it's like, well, that makes sense. Of course, there's going to be like a rose and then this moment. And that's so beautiful. Yeah, I thought I and I, I'm super I'm leaning into my woo woo side being in LA and my girlfriend's like a yoga teacher and a transformational life coach and a blah, 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 blah. <laughs> but that is so fun. Yeah. I mean, like chills, really. Yeah. And what is like being in a relationship with him like like what is he like oh I, we barely God. got to see him on the show well and so that was going to be the interesting part about like our first it wasn't even I think an intentional date it was mm-hmm. just like I'm single like let's hang out yeah. like you know and I remember um 
he hates this story, but we were playing a, like a kind of like a get to know you game because we only knew each other as friends. Like I had never viewed him romantically, but yeah. there was definitely like this interest that we could explore now that I was single. So I'm like, okay. And one of the questions was like, what are you both thinking right now? And yeah. so I asked him, like, what do you think we're both thinking right now? And he goes, when are we going to kiss? And I go, John. And I declined it. Like we didn't kiss in that moment. You, did, you blew him off then? Well, I just, I, I wasn't ready. Like it was, there was a mixture of like crushing on him, but also like he was, one of my close friends and this is weird and we never even kissed on the show so I actually was like we could have a kiss and it'd be horrible and like right. this will All turn into nothing but that same night I will say so not in that moment but that same night we ended up having our first kiss it was very passionate there was a spark like the connection I was like okay like our our kissing energy is on yeah and I just knew in that kiss I was like oh shoot like we're we're probably gonna end up actually dating because I didn't know wow I don't know if it was this like a rebound was this like a a fling that you needed to explore and get over. Like, I don't know. Yeah. But in that moment, I was like, I think I said to him, I'm like, oh, we're in trouble. Because I just knew, I was like, we're we're going to end up dating, aren't we? And is was it like hanging out every day after that type of thing? Um, You're like, no. I don't really actually, I don't, it didn't feel that way. Mm-hmm. But we both lived in San Diego. And so that was another like bonus of just getting to date in the real world, experience life in the real world, you know? Yeah. So everything's just kind of come naturally since. What does he do? He's a bartender. Oh, he's a bartender. Yeah. Oh, that was a part of what I think people were like, that Dukes thing. Yeah. So again, I I don't know anything about him at that time. Didn't even know he worked at Dukes, which fun fact, he didn't even work there at that time. Like he used to work there. The Hawaiian restaurant, right? Um, Yeah. Dukes in La Jolla. Yeah. And so I go there. Again, I'm teasing things like my captions, like (laughs) something borrowed, something blue. I don't even know. Um, And then... I don't even realize till the, like later that day that people are like, oh my God, she showed up to his work. And I'm like, who? Who? Like, what's happening? You know, the internet's going crazy. Oh, they picked up on this. But he wasn't there. No, he didn't work there. Also, let's say he did work there and we were engaged. You cannot be seen with your fiance. Right. <laughs> but people like insisted I was secretly going to go visit him. And I think that is where this whole like rumor started. Yeah. And so it's fun because the way I ended up getting to connect with John on a friend level is he became really close friends with one of my friends, Stefan. Uh-huh. So we're now in this group chat. It's nicknamed Duke's Crew because it's just like this big inside joke about yeah. how the internet, I guess, was wrong in some ways. But then some people would argue they were technically right because right, it, it did happen. It just took a long time to get to that final one, I guess. Yeah. And are you still like coming out of this place? Are you still like, I want to get married and have kids? Is it, Or are you like, look, I'm down to just kind of be an influencer now. And- <sighs> well, I mean, I even the influencer life, I don't necessarily want to yeah. do. No, no one wants this. I mean, it, you, it's nice, you know. Um, I'm still, I think, trying to figure it out because you do have all this opportunity and time now. And so for me, like, I love working with animals and volunteering. And so I'm like, maybe I just start working at like the animal shelter in San Diego. You know, like, what do I want to do that I can afford to do because I do make money from influencing, mm-hmm. which means I can take that volunteer full-time job, you know, at the local animal shelter. Mm. So I saw you do stand up. Oh my gosh. I didn't watch the performance. It's okay. But of, <laughs> but of course I heard. I don't even think there's a video of the performance. Technically, there's not video because Whitney was on tour. And so when you're on tour, you don't want your content out there. You want people to pay and come watch. Right. Um, there were little bits of uh, clips that I was able to get from people who were there. To like, have them delete it. Secretly recording. I loved it. Like I had a blast of people who oh, were Oh, you there. loved it? Yeah. That's so interesting. When I read was that you hated it. No. So there's one article out there and it's like such a clickbaity type article. Yeah. Where like they even like misquote me. They're like, Katie begs, get me off this fucking stage. That's I read. Yeah. And I was like, I think she did stand up. I Googled it on the way here. Yeah. And the thing is, it's like, that is such a clickbait article because it's like, 
sure I said that, but not in that context. Like yeah. I was like very like leaning into the whole like, hey guys, like you're popping my like comedy cherry. You know, like at one point I even like literally like blanked out. And so I'm like, I'm new with this. Let me grab my notes. You know, like I loved it. I had fun. People were laughing. Like, Oh, I love that. Yeah. And so that's what really actually pissed me off about the article because yeah. it's one thing if I equally felt the same, like, oh my God, I totally bombed it. But like, it was truly my first- I killed. <laughs> I didn't kill it, but it was my first time and people laughed and I was happy with it, you know? I need to do stand-up with you. Oh my God. Are you are you retired from stand-up? No, that's the hard part. Like, I want to like keep writing material, but I want to get to these like open mics and get the practice because it's like yeah. small groups of just other comedians working on their stuff. Yeah. But like even the one in my my area, um, their open mics are closed because of COVID right now. Oh. And so I'm just like, that's- this whole thing, like the last two years, COVID keeps like closing these open mics or they're like, not hosting them. But is it, would you see like a career thing out of that or is it just a hobby for you? Um, I think it has to start off as a hobby because you don't know. Like maybe I, I think I'm like hilarious, but then like even preparing for like Whitney's, it was so stressful. Like yeah. I had the, some of the content was some I've talked about before, but some of it was new. And then like in the moment of doing it, you're like rushing or you blank out or like you think this part's funny and then you skip over the, the line, you know, right. like, it takes practice. And but so, that's such a big stage to to do like oh a first stand up. Like, oh, that's insane. I, I couldn't say no, though. That was the thing. How I, could you say no? I, just like, like the bachelor. <laughs> exactly. Like, you just got to go with the experiences and, yeah. and you grow in discomfort. And Did you find me through stand up? Yeah. I, I don't remember how, like, you came across, like, my explore page or I don't know what it was. But, like, I'm always, like, a huge fan of just, like, women in comedy, you yeah. know, because it does take... I don't dare say, I don't say ball. It takes breasts. It takes breasts. Takes titties. <laughs> you know, um, and they're not highlighted enough, which is so annoying. Yeah. Um, and so like, no matter what, I'm instantly like a fan of any female comedian. Right. So don't, it's don't feel special, Allie. I'm instantly a fan of every female comedian. <laughs> no. And that's kind of my perspective. Listen, on. I was like, maybe I'm only going to go on podcasts of like female ran podcasts. Cause like I, I haven't really done many. Like Whitney's was my last one. I know. I saw then, that. I feel so blessed. Yeah. I didn't know, and I did this in my like Katie rabbit hole that I've been in for a few days now. I'm sorry that for you. you <laughs> no, it was so fun. I'm like showing my girlfriend everything. Uh, that you had a TikTok before Matt James's season. Yes. And it was kind of like a sexy talk. Yeah. How did that become a thing for you? Is there like, is there some career opportunity and some sort of like sex positive? I mean, I know everyone's saying you're sex positive. <laughs> it's just because you're being normal about sex. Thank you. I'm like, I didn't give myself that positive. nickname. She's just sex fucking normal. Thank you. Yeah, I didn't give myself that nickname. Yeah. I, and I don't know, maybe it's because I'm from like Washington. Like it's a very like, I don't know, progressive thinking state. Yeah. Maybe. But like you said, it's also just very fucking normal to talk know, about 2022. Sex. You have sex. Yeah. No, um, I don't know. Like I just started making content on TikTok during like the beginning of COVID and just trying to like normalize kind of conversations and, yeah. and especially conversations around sex and just like people enjoyed it because to them it was such a shock factor I think because mm -hmm. people don't talk about it but then by adding humor in the conversation it makes people more comfortable right you know what what are your thoughts on because I think I heard you say this on Whitney's about sex toys were I think they were new to her or to you new to her definitely right? to her <laughs> definitely to her <laughs> I mean oh no. yeah you walked out the, with the vibrator yeah I mean maybe maybe it is the reverse because I will say in the moment like people thought I just like had this like drawer of like vibrators I'm like right no like my first one I literally just bought off like Amazon like I didn't even buy it from like a legit like right site that like specializes I could just Amazon just 
Random. Dildo. It was actually, it wasn't even a dildo. It was a freaking cock ring. Like it was, but I didn't share it. It was just for me. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but yeah. I'm like, oh, anything, it's, it's anything small, that vibrates. <laughs> yeah. It it's works. Small, it's affordable. It, it works. Does the trick. <laughs> what is your thought on like for women that don't know themselves sexually, which I talk about people not knowing their sexuality all the time, yes. but figuring stuff out because you have been great at just owning your voice. I'm not embarrassed. This is who I am. And like, yeah, why are people embarrassed about this? Like, this is a journey figuring out what you like, what you're into. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I there's still, a question in there. <laughs> I think I got the question, maybe. Yeah, I yeah. Know. Whatever. Just go with it. Um, no, I think I still want to be, you know, a voice for talking about sex, you know, and what's really fun is I, you know, I get to partner with different sex brands and I'll do like a vibrator giveaway and I'll get DMs of people saying like, I bought my first vibrator because of you. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. And like, I know it sounds so stupid, but to me that means so much because, uh, you know, this woman might be experiencing her first orgasm now, you mm -hmm. know, <laughs> sorry guys, mm -hmm. uh, because of this vibrator, mm -hmm. you know, or like maybe she was like in an unhealthy relationship because of her, her like physical needs and now she can self-pleasure or figure out her own body yeah. you know like I think healthy relationships with yourself and with someone else begin with you knowing yourself and people don't yeah my listeners will be upset if I don't ask you this have you ever hooked up with a woman yes <laughs> actually I hesitate because I'm like I don't even know if that's ever been like on record before but what wait can we hear about it a lot of my first uh sexual experiences were with women actually no stop yeah but like, I've never dated a girl so like that's where I get a little like hesitant like I might even like blush it out <laughs> I get hesitant to talk about it because like I I it is such a topic that I don't know okay let me just backtrack because now yeah. you're like why is she like getting all weird so no, this, I'm not thinking that well no this so this one time I posted a picture of me and a girlfriend girl not mm -hmm. I never dated a girl yeah um she's kissing my cheek and the caption said like whatever floats your boat mm -hmm. it's just very whatever mm -hmm. and the sign was like girls 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 mm-hmm the next morning I wake up and there's this whole thread. Like I was making out with a girl oh, well, under a sign that said pussy. Here's and then a, everyone started freaking No. So what ended up happening is there was a whole conversation around queer baiting, mm -hmm. which I'd never even heard of before. Oh, yeah, I've heard of it. And I, I felt horrible and like I, I deleted the photo. And it, so it's ever since then. I, I don't I've, think that's queer baiting. Uh, you know, I'm a I'm the char in charge lesbian of the conversation. <laughs> I, well, it was a very split. Like I had a lot of people message me saying like I did nothing wrong. Other people like explaining why it's hurtful. You know, and I don't want to hurt anybody. Yeah. Um. So of course I ended up deleting the photo. But ever since then, I've been very hesitant to talk about any of my like female encounters because I didn't want people to view it as queer baiting. And so I've just kind of been like, eh, you uh, know. But that's such a, you guys. That's such a shame. Do you see what we did? <laughs> We have an amazing, like, cool, down-to-earth bachelorette who's down to talk about sex, and she posts something cool, and then we shame her into a hole, and now she's scared to talk about anything involving fluidity. Yeah. Like, I'm, like, literally, like, shaking. I'm like, oh, my God, I just said it. <laughs> uh, well, but, who, where, can I, can we talk more about it? No, totally. I mean, was it, like, high school? Like, what happened? Um, like, so my first, first ever female encounter, <laughs> I don't even know if the right word to call it, but um, I want to say it was middle school. I had never made out with a guy, and mm -hmm. so— all of his girlfriends were like basically practicing on each other. Yeah. And then that kind of like opened doors to like other things together and like going in the closet with like a back massage because it vibrated, <laughs> all these different things, you yeah. know? And so- Damn, um, I wish I grew up in Washington. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, you know, I've had like these experiences before and like I do find women attractive. I've never dated a woman. Yeah. Um, but people who do know me close uh, aren't surprised by that. Yeah. You know? 
Wow. Yeah. I like love that. Now I want you to be like the host of the first like queer bachelorette. Oh my gosh. I mean, who knows what's happening with the US version, but Australia beat us to it. With I theirs. know. Damn. So, but never a serious relationship with a woman. Just not your thing or? So I've talked to a girl about it before because the truly, the I mean, obviously now I'm in a relationship, but at the time, yeah. like the thing that held me back a little bit, mm-hmm. and maybe this is like a normal thing, yeah, but I couldn't picture myself going down on a girl. Mm-hmm. I could picture, picture her going down on me. Totally. But, but then I'm like, well, then that's not, it doesn't seem fair. And, that, and I don't know. I've just never had to explore it to the fullest. What is that called again, Marshall? A basement lesbian, not a basement lesbian. What is the term for that? Downstairs lesbian. Uh, this is a thing that comes up for a lot of women. Oh, I've heard apparently. Yeah, that it, I, is, it makes sense. Yeah. And so this girl I was talking to, I want to say it was actually like Flicks or Richards. Because I live in Hillcrest, which is like the neighborhood. I love it. Oh, okay. okay. Yes. Um, and so she's like, yeah, but like once you do it, like you're just so into like pleasing your partner and like you just mm. get over that thing. And I'm like, well, maybe that's what it was. Like just, I've just never done it. And then right. just like. Maybe if it was the woman that you were like super into, then you would be open to it. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. What sort of woman are you attracted to? Oh, gosh. I don't actually know that I have a type, which I know sounds stupid, but even with like men, I don't have a type. Mm. Like We talk about if you saw them all in like a line, there's no like physical type. Mm -hmm. Actually, fun fact, there was a trans man that I actually wanted on my season and they reached out and never heard from him. Oh, my God. Yeah, which I in some ways think is maybe... I appreciate the show wanting to be inclusive and, and offer that. Yeah. I don't know that Bachelor Nation as an audience would have been kind with that. And I wouldn't want someone to go through that experience. Right. You know? Just so. to be like, yeah, have to deal with all of the hate. But you're right. I mean, damn, it's like all of these conversations. I, that really is a shame, though, that you felt. And I get why you would feel that, that like people attack for one thing and then like, look what that creates. Well, yeah. And then that's, I think that's why I start to come introvert because you, you want to do what's right. You want to be yourself. But then sometimes you say like, one time I said the word snow bunny. Again, I'm from the Pacific Northwest. So to me, that's like a fun little snow outfit, snowboarding, whatever. Mm-hmm. I get, again, ripped apart saying, oh, well, snow bunny is a, a white girl who only dates black guys or like a, it's a coke head, like all these urban dictionary things. And I'm like, oh my God, I just can't do anything yeah, right. It's so like you, eggshells. Yeah. So you almost like, you kind of shut down a little bit or you feel like a little more reserved or just like scared to like mess up. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's really tough. It does feel like, what can I say? What can't I say? And you, when the intention is there and like you clearly, clearly talking to you for like, like you have good intentions. <laughs> yeah. You're not trying to hurt anyone. Right. And like people don't, you're not born like downloading all this like of what I can and can't say. Yeah. And suddenly you have a fucking spotlight on you and everyone is listening. Yeah. So yeah, that's really intimidating. Yeah. That really is. Do you identify as straight? I would say identify as straight. Yeah. Yeah. So we we can't get you to identify as bi on this podcast. Oh, I, no. I Like I said, like, I'm so- Guys, those are them <laughs> rules. I tried for all of you. <laughs> now they're going to cancel me. Well, no. It's like, that's again, like, that's the hard part for me is like, and I kind of think it's a conversation that's ongoing. It's like, am I even allowed to? If I'm attracted to women, does that then make me bi? Or am I not allowed to say I'm bi because I haven't dated a woman? I feel like, yeah. did I not earn my place to say that? Because, you know, like, I mean, I felt that way when I came out because I always knew I was gay. Yeah. But I didn't have girlfriend, like a girlfriend at that point in time. So I was like, damn, like, how am I going to like show people proof? Right. You're and just like, I dated guys to like try and make that work. And then when I finally got a girlfriend, I was like, okay, I'm gay, guys. See, I'm gay. <laughs> but then I would like, I dated guys after that too. And I still felt gay. And like, sometimes I say I'm bi. Like, it's just, it's like ongoing. Yeah. The conversation around sexuality and sex. And like, I'm so grateful that 
honestly, people have you to listen to your thoughts and all of your like open conversations around these things because it's so refreshing. Thank you. So refreshing. (laughs) Um, Thank you for your work. Uh, (laughs) Where do what's up? What's up? What's next for you? Uh, you know, this feels like a really good like refresh. Like it's a new year. My birthday's in January. So it's like everything's like last when was year, your birthday? January 3rd. Okay. Happy birthday. Thank you. Yeah. I just say that because like last year felt like three fucking years. Yeah. And this year finally feels like when you like close the chapter. men for three years too. Honestly, for a <laughs> lifetime. Yeah. Um. So I finally feel like the dust is settling. I'm like coming back to being myself. You know, I, my last post I had uh, a few days or a few weeks ago talked about how I was on antidepressants when the show was airing. And so I finally feel like I'm in a very good, healthy space mm-hmm. and surround myself with healthy people. You know, like there's going to always be like hate on the internet, but I'm a lot quicker now to just like block them. Like I don't need you to follow me and hate follow me. You know, like yeah. I don't need your shitty DM. So I've just been really good about like just protecting my my environment. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to see what you're up to soon, animals and otherwise. I hope that there's some like you're creating some sort of like anything where we can hear you talk more to the public unless you're like gun shy now. No, no. I So I would love to actually start a podcast at some point. Yeah. Um, I do have like certain timelines before I can explore that. Mm-hmm. But uh, I would not be surprised if in the next year you see me on someone's podcast, my own. I don't know. I yeah. do love talking. I love talking and just talking about real stuff and being relatable and just being real and just making certain topics just normal. I feel like talk show would be for you. I would love it. We, guys, let's give her a talk show. Hit me up. Thank you, Katie. <laughs> Thank you so much. 